0: so accustomed to justifying our happiness with conditions that we can't just sustain happiness without something that causes us to focus ourselves into happiness <laughs> so that was my condition are you saying that what we're saying is so the reason that you all came into this physical experience is because you understood from your non-physical perspective, the benefit of focus, the fun of focus, the expansion of focus. So we want to say to you that in your appreciation of each other, would you say, because it sounds like that as you explain it to all of us that in time, the focus that you were giving each other was not expansive enough to feed your continual becoming. It's a little bit like Jerry and Esther would be in San Diego and they would go to La Jolla where the rocks were flat and the sun had warmed them, and they would lie on the rocks and they could hear the ocean. And there was the mist from the ocean coming up over them. It was like the perfect physical sensation of the warmth of the rocks, the cool of the air, the cool of the breeze, and then the warmth of the sun. It was like a sort of perfect environment, a perfect condition in order to be happy. And so they would put themselves there and they would be there for second after second after second and after about 10 minutes, Esther could hear Jerry's fingers thumping on the rocks because he'd had about all of that that he could stand. In other words, there just wasn't enough in that delicious as it was, there wasn't enough to satisfy the motion forward that he desired. And so Esther would pretend like she didn't notice that. And so she would ignore it. And then she would feel him sit up. She wouldn't look. She would refuse to look. She didn't want to engage in conversation because she knew as soon as they got talking that she'd be sitting up and they'd be packing up and they'd be on their way to something else because there just wasn't enough there. And so That's sort of what we're getting at here, is that appreciation is such a wonderful thing. But when you are engaging with one another, here's what it is. The potential for leading edge beingness is so peaked at all times that you just can't hold yourself back from it. We think it's something like that.
1: Oh,
2: a lot of people love that woman. That's Abraham Hicks. You know, Abraham is uh, believed to be some spiritual entity that enters this woman, and or enters her and her husband and delivers divine messages. Esther and Jerry Hicks. So uh, their I guess their uh, their presentation is called Abraham Hicks because I guess this entity is called Abraham. And she, get, she channels information. But what was very beautiful about what she was talking about leads right into my topic tonight. A lot of people, listen, I'm getting inundated with topics. And I am grateful. Keep them coming. All you got to do is email me at VOR, like voice of reason, VOR106 at gmail.com your topic suggestions and I will whip them into an expansive subject, as is the case for tonight's topic, which is why I chose that Abraham Hicks clip. Tonight's topic, the help hangover. A deeper look at when you're tired of helping your significant other understand. And when doing this Understand a problem, understand you, understand something you're going through, a situation, whatever. Sometimes we get help fatigued. What if you're trying to help your partner do something? Maybe start a business. Maybe, uh, you know, they want to become an entrepreneur and and you have resources and you recognize because, you know, you can recognize when somebody doesn't really have what it takes to manifest what they desire when do you get tired of helping tired of assisting tired of supporting i've got questions what is conditional help in a relationship what is it have you ever experienced it is it help with a time limit you know that time limit uh your family members used to give you when your mama kicked you out and you went to go stay with auntie. She say, listen, you get you got 30 days to figure it out. You can stay on my couch. Uh, what I'm trying to say is help that way in our relationships. Does it have an unspoken time limit? What is conditional help in relationship? What is conditional understanding? Can you only understand for so long? What is, well, we already know what conditional love is. What is conditional empathy?
3: Hmm?
2: In relationships. Now, I've empathized and I I care and all, but damn. (laughs) Oh, this is about to be crazy. What is conditional support? I can only support you for so long. You know we do that to our kids. Listen, you're grown now. Oh, let's not act like conditional empathy isn't a thing. We already know about conditional forgiveness, which actually doesn't even make any sense. Forgiveness is for you. It's not for the part. It's not for the person. It's for you. What are some examples of conditional empathy, conditional understanding? Conditional love, conditional support. Do you guys have examples? I want you to call in and share your thoughts with me. one 800 9 20 80 Does compassion for your significant other have a time limit? Ugh. Yeesh. How much battery life do you have for being understanding towards your significant other? My battery is low. My understanding battery is low. My empathy battery is low. You can run out of the capacity to care. Oh, 1-800-920-1580. Somebody, I I don't know who I'm ministering to tonight. But this is what happens in real life relationships. People do not get that Disney app. It's only going to fool you. You're going to go back and watch those nostalgic cartoons, Beauty and the Beast and Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty. None of your your relationships are nothing like that. There is no Prince Charming. I'm here to tell you there is no Princess Charming. How much battery life do you have for being understanding towards your significant other is a nuclear bombshell of a question. How do you Unconditionally love in a romantic relationship. Have you ever experienced unconditional love? Have you ever loved without demand? Have you ever loved without a uh, 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 stipulation or uh, you, you got to do this, you got to be this? It's got to. Have you ever loved without any of that? Is that practical? One 80. Does your care slash empathy come with conditions? What causes conditional love? Who raised you? When we come forward, the voice of reason will deal with all of this stuff. And we got callers online already. Let's get it.
4: Reason. Reason. The reasons that we're here. The reasons that we fear. Our feelings won't disappear. Disappear. You're listening disappear. to the voice of disappear. reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA talk 158.
2: Shine. On one of our unknown hip-hop legends. Last week, you guys, I played a record by a producer, man. This is a Puerto Rican cat out of New York, out of the Bronx. Mantronics produced a lot of early hip-hop stuff. That was for the Pop Locker. That was for the Breaker. That was for the MC. And... What I loved about Mantronics, yes, he used samples, but he was so proficient with the beat machine that he would recreate the breakbeats on the beat machine. So he would sample the kick, he would sample the snare, and then he would play the drum rhythms himself to mimic the loop's that everybody else was sampling. So it gave his sound, a, a, a beat machine sound. He was considered the king of beats. I mean, this is 87, 86, 85, Mantronics. And the MC wasn't a great MC. He was just like a space holder. No disrespect, MCT. I'm not trying to dish you, dog. He But the beats were the feature. And man, when I tell you back in my pop locking days, the beats were specially made for ticking and talking and I was rocking. I'm sorry. I digress. Tonight's topic on the voice of reason. So I'm just saying you're going to hear a lot of Mantronic stuff tonight. But tonight's topic, very powerful topic. Because people think we don't get tired of each other in relationships and people think we don't get tired of positivity in relationships we don't get tired of trying to be positive we don't get tired of supporting and what i started to find out and this is really heartbreaking 1-800-920-1580 get to your phone lines i want to talk to you about your relationship fatigue What I found is roughly what this I think it was a clinician. I got it. I'm going to look it up and, and give you the actual data on it. But a clinician said the majority of relationships are conditional relationships because we come from conditional homes. Many people assume that a parent loves their child unconditionally, but in fact, many parents love through the conditions they place on children now remember children are sponges so what are they doing modeling how to build relationships via the brick and mortar that they are being given by their parents so if you have a conditional parent or conditional parents you tend to be a conditional kind of person in your relationships. And rarely do people find that bliss, the, the highest of the high, the most sublime, the most meaningful love. And it's unfortunate. What is conditional help in a relationship? I can only help you so much. Have you ever helped somebody to the point where you lost respect for them? Do men lose respect? For constantly having to help a woman? Or is it just generally expected that that is what a man is supposed to do? We do know the reverse is true. If a woman has to keep helping you and keep supporting and keep riding and you keep stumbling, yo boy, you about to stumble right about this relationship. 1-800-920-1580. Somebody call me and let me know. Nazarene X Atlanta, Georgia is in the building. Talk to me, brother.
5: We right here off the top. What up,
2: aunt? how you feeling right <laughs> now? Man? I'm turned up tonight. You already know. All
5: right, for so, sure, man. There's, there's the Zola Morning Show is heavy too. Yes, sir. I was sir. able to catch that on the way back down, man.
2: Yes, but, sir. But um, my my
5: initial thought with this with this topic, prayerfully we could just build is that uh, you know, unconditional love, or to put it this way, like love. For me it's unconditional, but the tolerance is definitely conditional. To right conditional uh, tolerance. Good. That's that's huge. Yeah. Talk to me. Yeah, like, that's the difference between the two. Um not just filling it out like, you know, maybe the love is just an extension of yourself or like say, maybe even in simple times, like an extension of acknowledgement or just acknowledging something and purity, I guess. Um, and maybe that could tie into people just wanting to be seen, wanting to be heard, wanting to be understood and all of that. So I think just in essence, uh, coming from a place where I could say I, I can maintain unconditional love. It's even for those that say like, you know, I love the idea of humanity at large or like our people, although I haven't met everyone individually, like naturally in my heart, I have a, a sense of connection with them um a sense of adoration. And again, this is kind of just within a, a bubble of my own idea or my own imagination. But um when it comes to actually interacting with people, I find myself able to extend an aspect of love regardless. So it's like even say it could be why people that respect themselves find it easier and natural to respect others. You know even strangers like that's kind of what we would leave with in general especially when we're not uh say behind enemy lines or uh dealing with a, a known threat or something like that like in general we just kind of carry ourselves how we raise like that's that's love to me um but again it's just once these contracts or like let's say the silent contracts go or like even relationships i think the relationships themselves and that department it does really come back down to a sense of conditions in terms of how intimately you are going to remain connected or interacting with this individual on a day-to-day basis or how far things like that could go. Um, And then on the help tip, man, that's, that's a heavy, heavy piece. Uh, I had, I remember some years back, uh, I was really struggling with knowing when enough was enough and overall i was projecting that outward right i wasn't really keeping the lens or the scope on myself at the time because once i was actually able to turn that that mirror around to turn the eye around and just really just keep it on myself like when if i had enough or something um that helped me kind of just figure out what what would tip those scales but um as you would say, a lot of different times, you can't help somebody that's unwilling. You can take somebody, but so far, you can participate in someone's experience. You can offer things, but really the the breakthrough and the penetration of the change is always an inside job. It's always a, an individual decision. So sometimes the way that we can help others is by learning when to let go or learning when to, again, keep our hands off or the Write that into like a set of conditions, I believe. Well, let me ask you this, because this was deep
2: in the in our chat here. Uh, he who thinks states. He says, and I want to know your thoughts on this. I want to know your opinion on this. He says, uh, I expect my woman to always need my assistance. And I'm just going to say, agree or disagree, realistic or unrealistic.
5: mm. I, that's, a, that's a good thing to challenge my mind on. But again, like that's that individual has his own idea about what his woman means to him. I imagine it's, you know, he who thinks or whatnot. Like, uh, put it this way. I believe it's realistic as men with a sound mind to quote unquote expect a woman to be receptive to our presence as we are receptive to theirs, receptive to the assistance of our women, as they should be receptive to our assistance and so forth, like there's a reciprocity there. But that it could get tricky in a sense, I imagine, where it's like, again, you don't want to, I, I kind of I always come back to the little training wheels type of scenario, like when you're trying to teach a child how to ride a bike. And I I kinda think of it in like a daddy teaching a daughter type of thing, like daddy doesn't never want his daughter to think that he will not be there to catch her when she falls or something like that. But do the essence of uh, mm -hmm.
2: but don't you think one essence one element is missing from that expectation? And that what would
5: you say the element would be?
2: And that Mm -hmm. is you can only help the willing. And reciprocity is, is organic. This is not something that is by default. And it sounds like the way it is framed, the brother said, I expect my woman to always need my assistance. There might be times where she does not require or want your
5: assistance.
2: So that's why right, was, that's why right. I asked you, true or false? Agree
5: or disagree? Yeah, and, I, and that's what, well, again, I don't mean any light to the brother and leaning into it oh no, dis- again, no yeah I'm, no
2: disrespect to
5: it yeah yeah I, wait
2: hold on one second already, nazarene just already, hold tight yeah. i gotta come forward yeah. when i come forward i'm gonna go back to nazarene i want you to marinate on that for a second it's getting heated is your love conditional and if it is what are those conditions here we go
4: on fire tonight it's the voice of reason with zoe williams exclusively on kbla talk 1580 first
2: off this is part two this isn't the original but this brother right here his name was just ice and and if you're watching the wu-tang uh television show in, in season one of the Wu-Tang television show, he had like a, not the original him, but a character who played him. His name was Just Ice. And what was so amazing about Just Ice? He was part of the hip-hop movement coming out of New York that brought the 5% doctrine to the forefront. The 5% doctrine uh, was created you know, uh, by a brother. They call him Father Allah or Puddin, you know. And Clarence 13X was his name, and he was a student of Malcolm. And he took the Supreme Mathematics and started his own division or his own group when he left the Nation of Islam called the 5%. Now, the belief system is predicated around breaking down, uh, you have supreme mathematics and you have the supreme alphabet, and the belief system is predicated on breaking down the population into sections. So you have the 85 percenters. The 85 percenters are those who just don't know, blind, deaf, and dumb. They have no knowledge of self, right? Then you have the 10 percenters, the bloodsuckers, the lawyers, the professionals, kind of like W.E.B. Du Bois's talented 10th. And then you have the 5 percent who are the true and living gods who know who God is. Right. So it was just an it was an amazing and the marriage of hip hop. Right. The marriage of hip hop and 5 percent doctor. You got Rakim. You got Busta Rhymes. You got all of these groups that were even, of course, even the Wu-Tang. You you got all of these guys who are espousing this 5% doctrine through hip-hop. And Just Ice was one of the first ones to do it. And what was so amazing about him, he got with the King of Beats, Puerto Rican cat called Mantronics, were you able to find the original Andy? Andy, were you able to find the original Cold Getting Dumb? No. Okay, but that was what you heard was Cold Getting Dumb Part 2. And what was crazy about it, Redman came l- years later and remade it because it was such a hip-hop classic, man. I want you guys to look up that record. It's amazing. It's fire. That's Just Ice. And, of course, Just Ice, two different words. You put it together. It's justice ice freezes at 32 degrees like they they got a whole breakdown it's a it listen it's a, it's an amazing study if you have time to check out you know the 5% doctrine but hip hop back in the day that's why you didn't hear a lot of curse words because brothers were on their lessons and I appreciate that stuff man it was amazing it was amazing nazarene x atlanta georgia we yes, were sir. we were working with you Right, and you were breaking something down about conditional love and getting tired. This is see. A lot of times, people think healthy boundaries are conditions, and they're two different things. You know, a healthy boundary and a con- two different things. Mm. Do you know oh, the? Di- I was about to ask you. Do you know the difference between a healthy boundary and a condition?
5: Not off the top, my my gut basically says a healthy boundary is something you basically draw or put in place to keep things in order. Like it's more of a in-house protection, and the condition seems like predisposed to keep people out. See, like protecting barely. <laughs> yeah, so See, like, so
2: why you act like you
5: didn't yeah. know? Well, again, I don't have a word, Yeah,
2: <laughs> I'm, you did. I'm Listen. A, a, L- love. <laughs> yeah, you do. Ha- you do have the words, brother. A, a healthy love. boundary. Anything that's healthy has the ability to grow. Has the ability mm-hmm. to evolve and expand. There is flexibility in that which is healthy. Mm-hmm. But a condition comes from conditioning, i.e. patterns, And if you Mm -hmm. come from a toxic household with toxic patterns, you will have toxic, inflexible conditions.
5: Mm -hmm. D.C. I I hear that big time. It's like the condition. I I think about somebody running around with a stiff arm out like on some Heisman Trophy type stuff. Like, you know, <laughs> phones, everybody. you're just trying to get to the goal line. Like, even if your teammate got to fall on his leg, you're just going, going, going. But the boundary is more like, again, like a football type analogy. Is like that, that O-line, that offensive line, where we we got to protect the quarterback in the pocket. Or, you know what I'm saying? We're moving people out the way so that somebody can come through. Like, it's a... Yeah, it's, I definitely get that, bro.
2: Man, you know definitely. I love it when you call in, man, because I love the back and forth. I love the questions. I question you. You question me. And this is a conversation, brother. You brought Atlanta, Georgia love. in the building. Hey, we um, appreciate you. If I may?
5: Yes. Uh, thank. Just off of uh, that, last, that last question, because, again, he who thinks really had me thinking on that. And – um. I wanted to see if maybe we could up to Andy, too, because there's a the whole thing about creating a codependent. Maybe that's, that's where things get tricky. Mm-hmm. Because I personally, from the whole getting tired of, quote, unquote, helping somebody, I found the struggle where I feel like I'm raised or I'm dealing with the inner child of a woman, and I want to be with the woman versus the child in that sense. So it's like even those analogies of, you know, I'll be there or I'll do as much as I can. But at some point, I feel like it is realistic to expect an adult or to say, like, to give room for yourself to say, like, I right, at some point, you a grown woman or a grown man. So, yes, you're able to make your own decisions. I think that's where, again, if things just aren't in alignment with one another, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that the essence of love or Respect and well wish for somebody needs to go away. Um, I don't think it needs to turn into malice. Like if the more intimate interactions have to, uh, say go separate ways. Mm-hmm. But again, I think that's where the, the standards, you know, again, whether it's healthy boundaries or not, it's like having standards about yourself, things that you want to, uh, give energy to within your own world. But sometimes it's like when you're dealing with somebody, you're trying as much as you can and it, Things just aren't necessarily clicking. What I found is that it's, it seems like more of, I want I want I don't I don't see the the woman. I, I see more of the child in that sense. So that's where I think inside I've I've t- tended to draw back. Well, like let me I, let me, like let,
2: let, me mm-hmm. let me add on just a little bit right there. First sure. off, you entered the relationship with whomever you're in relationship with at your
6: level right right you you know what
2: i'm saying there's a misnomer that somebody is raising somebody else you might be more proficient in one thing or another but vibrationally and on a frequency level you guys are at the same level and many Mm -hmm. people don't understand that you might be good at a skill You know, and they Mm -hmm. may not be. However, that doesn't mean you're above them, because if you were above them, you wouldn't be in a relationship with them. If you were beneath them, you wouldn't be in a relationship with them. When you're in Mm -hmm. relationship, you're at the same level. Nazarene X, once again, brother, I appreciate you. Atlanta, Georgia, when we come forward. Uh, Yes, sir. We going back to the phone lines. People are calling in. They want to talk about tonight's topic. Are you tired of helping your partner? How long you gonna have to do it? When they gonna get it? When they gonna figure it out? We'll get to it because we got a lot to talk about.
4: Is it, to Is it good to you? More voice of reason with Zoe Williams when we come forward. Come forward.
2: Just imagine the, the 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 shell top Adidas, the Adidas jumpsuit, the Kango to match the Adidas. The Dookie chain. Make some noise. You understand? And and just in case this record comes on across the street in Lemur Park, you got the white gloves in your back pocket so you can start TikToking, so you can start pop lock. This is what hip hop was originally about. The spirit of it was dancing. You got to remember 50 years ago. And, and it's crazy hip hop. Is 50 in August. You have to remember, man, hip-hop replaced gangs. Hip-hop replaced gangs in New York. And now gangs are back. Bloods and Crips are in New York. The, the, the creation of hip-hop moved out to gangs. And that's why when you see early movies about hip-hop, like Wild Style. These are crews that are battling each other instead of fighting each other. So they battle through rap, rap routines, or they battle through dance routines. And this is why someone like Mantronics, Curtis Mantronics, his first name is Curtis, his last name isn't really Mantronics, but Curtis Mantronics is what he goes by, right? Right? This is why he's so significant to hip hop, you know, because he was at the time the the best. He was the master of sound. We loved him. We loved him. And he was he was integral to hip hop's maturation to where it is today. And I really feel like some of the Jay Z's of the world, because Jay Z go Jay Z's older than me. So he knows he knows it's like, go back and get some of these guys And give them their flowers while they're still alive because, like I said, hip-hop just meant so much. And it still means a lot. And there's still a lot of power in it if we just shift our focus. Now, back to the topic. Oh, we got phone callers. Let me ask this question. True or false, conditional love is a type of love that is based on conditions or circumstances that a person feels Uh, the need to be present in order to give love to someone else. Love from this person may disappear during difficult moments and the person may withhold love in order to gain something. It's conditional. What have you done for me lately? What are you going to do for me? Agree or disagree? Conversely, unconditional love is love without conditions. A person is able to love you at your lowest and at your highest, and they give love freely. Freely meaning, I don't want anything back. Conditions are connected. Listen to what I'm about to say. Conditions, inflexible conditions, are connected to superficial reciprocity, i.e. transactionalism in relationships. When you're dealing with unconditional love, you're not worried about getting anything back because you are what you gave. I don't want to get too deep. All right, let's get these callers in here. Who's been on the longest? Sean, Oakland, California. Get in here.
3: Hey, brother, what a great topic. First of all, I want to say, everyone out there, um, please uh, listen or read uh, The Relationship Dismount, your book. So, oh, you've been reading um, it? So, Oh. I'm I'm not quite done yet, but so I don't want to, you know, and I'm not going to give away all the things, but one thing, <laughs> let me just talk about the beginning, because that's very important, and I think everything we're talking about here, it's so important. Look, the brain is not a hard-boiled thing, like when you're young, you cannot, you know, change what you learn, but I'll tell you what, your experiences mean everything, and I, I read about your experiences, brother, and I think everyone should understand because we all have a unique experience in life and what shapes us early about how to move through this atmosphere um, going forward. And and one of them, you know, had to do with your childhood about understanding kind of a polished, kind of a nice suburban upbringing, even though that wasn't how it all started for you. And, And the reason why I bring that up is because Um, you know, I grew up in a similar, but completely different thing. And and here's what I'm going to say. My father had three boys before the age of 21. Okay. My father um, met my mother at a certain point um, after that, you know, obviously his relationship didn't work. Okay. But my dad did have a pretty doggone good dismount from that first relationship all think about that three boys before the age of 21 and he took care of all those boys Mm. all right and and yet because he went he was a football star and 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 couldn't go and play football he got a job he went and worked for the waterworks he went you know this is back you know i'm 55 so he went this is back in the 60s but he went and got a job and took care of his sons and tried to make it work, but you know, that's very hard to make something work at that young of an age. But it does matter, you know, because my mom and dad met and it didn't work out because my dad just really couldn't be with one woman. I don't hold a grudge with him about that. You know, I mean it just didn't work out. Um, you know, and I got older, I, I didn't know why we all broke up, but it shaped me, brother. It totally destroyed me at one point, and it totally made me grow at another as I got older and My dad finally admitted when I was like in my late twenties, I did cheat on your mother. My mother didn't take any of that cheating stuff, and that was it. but this is the point that we all go every one of us has a story that's super unique and and, and mostly complicated and a lot of times crisis oriented mm-hmm. so just remember all of that. Well, and I, you know, I want to, I just want to tell everyone your book is so good, man. It just made me, it made me cry, made me happy. It made me see what a strong man you are and a good dad. I'm just saying that all of these experiences help us grow as long as you accept those. And by the way, don't be thinking that you're worried about how someone else makes you feel. That's up to you. Right, Zoe? Come on. It's up to you to make you feel really good so you can put yourself out there to help other people in a role model situation, help them make their life better.
2: Man, Sean, I appreciate that, man. You are one of the only people who have ever called in that said they actually read the book. So I appreciate that, Sean. Thank you so much much, brother. I appreciate it. I thank love you, you. Thank brother. you, brother. I love you, too, man. Good
6: stuff.
2: Wow. Wow. Sean from Oakland, California, if you want to bring your town in the business, in the building, and get down with me, the number of dollars, 1-800-920-1580. Listen. Sean is touching on something, man. It's really powerful here. Conditions typically come from what we've modeled, from our childhood, you know. And I've been saying for a long time, man, do not be a prisoner to your upbringing, to your modeling. I said, look at your modeling in the same way you look at hometown buffet. Pick and choose what you want. Take the, Bruce Lee said, take the good and leave the rest. Take what you can use and leave the rest. Many times we take all of that stuff and we don't think we have the power of self-authorship. But the reality of it is we do and we should implement it. Otherwise, we're going to get tired like our parents got tired of us, like our parents got frustrated with us. We're going to carry that same contempt into our adult relationships, not just so we can weaponize it against our partner, but really to overcome it. That's why we attracted them. When we come forward, Zoe Williams is going to keep this fire lit. And I'm going to be talking to people from Grand Prairie, Texas, Jacksonville, Florida, Austin, Texas, all over the country. We talking to you.
4: KBLA 1580 Santa Monica
7: are you committed to truth even if it sucks
8: most people ever been in a relationship that was based on conditional love most of us can say yes in fact I I would venture that the majority of us live in conditional relationships because there's very few unconditional relationships Unconditional is when the person loves you so intensely. It's a kind of love God has for us. Many people will think and say to me, well, parents love their children unconditionally. Are you sure? Actually, unconditional love is taught to us by our parents. If you had parents who you felt growing up that they loved you, if you would get good grades or if you did the right thing, or they loved you because you were a star athlete. You see, unconditional love are all those superficial things. If some person loves you because of your looks, if some person loves you because of what you do, if some person makes their life about your persona or what you are on the outside, usually unconditional love means the person doesn't really know you on the inside, and if they did, they would probably reject you if you change the outside part of you that they really love. The problem with unconditional love is we're really good at seeing it in others, but not so good at seeing it in ourselves. Ooh. But we all make. Oh,
2: oh, I know i are not ready for this. Most of us have a un- listen. Most of us have a conditional relationship with the truth. When the truth hurts, we reject it. What? Huh? Most of us can see unconditional love in others, but can't so much see it in ourselves? Boy, all that spells out to me is timeline. Timeline. Here's a better word for timeline. Tolerance. (laughs) Hey, my brother Nazarene X said it. Tolerance. Tolerance is basically avoiding something, right? It's basically saying, uh, I'm going to hold out until I can't hold out no more then I'm going to pop off, right? I call it the volcano effect. You can only avoid or tolerate something for so long until your capacity to deal with it is, is, is exhausted. Then you pop off. Most of our relationships are conditional, right? Conditional with the kids, conditional with the love. This, can I give you a bar right now? Just because it feels good doesn't mean it's real. Illusions feel great. And if you, for one second, take that illusion to be sustainable, Oh, I I know y'all don't want to hear that. I know y'all don't want to hear that. Right? It feels good for as long as it can, and when it changes, this this is when Bruce Pearl used to say, adversity reveals the true person. He said this is how I know if a player is a real player. Adversity reveals the true person. See? When it's all good and we feeling good, it's easy to think this is how we are. This is what it is. This is what we're about. First, when it get ugly, when it get choppy and then the real person shows up, because this is how the real person deals with real problems. You gonna know if your love is conditional and most people have conditional love. Like the lady said in the video or in the clip, the first clip. What she say? Most of us have a conditional relationship with the truth. Boy, most of us are as afraid of the truth within ourselves as we are of watching the exorcist at 12 midnight at the crib alone. <laughs> have you ever tried to watch the exorcist but not really watch it just have the volume up and you in another room even the sounds is scary <laughs> hey, hey, oh. turn turn Who got this on turn this off <laughs> <laughs> try to listen just try to listen to the exorcist you gonna be scared <laughs> most people are that afraid of themselves one 1580 hundred nine twenty fifteen eight. I'm gonna get to the phone lines right now. Who's been on the line the longest? Reggie Austin, Texas. Get in here.
9: Yeah, what's up, Zo? What's up, and, brother? Um, peace. I, I love this topic, man. Um, I'm thinking about my most impactful relationship and what made it most memorable for me. Um, it was it was Rocky, and and it was because I made a mistake of equating what the person did with who the the person was. And and I did that with myself too. So it's like the relationship I had with myself was the one I had with her. Like, so if I stopped making the money, I thought I wasn't enough of of a man. And if she stopped doing the things that she did when we met, she wasn't enough of a woman. And so I always put myself above her. Um, not obviously, but as I look back on it, I always had to know more, I always had to make more, I always had to do more than she did. And um that was that was probably the worst mistake I ever made. You and,
2: know what and I'm saying? But but you did recognize it later after some introspection as ego, yeah. right?
9: I did. I yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. Um the reality is you know, I don't make always. I don't always make the best decisions, mm-hmm. but um, I end up winning because I learn from them. Well, that's, so, that's, that's
2: what they're for. That's what mistakes are for. they they're, they're <laughs> mistakes are stair steps. <laughs> you know, you yeah, can e- you can either choose to go down the stairs or you can go up hmm. the stairs. But you got to make a mistake in order to create a stair. Go ahead, brother.
9: That's real, yeah. And so at at this point, I don't expect anything from anybody. I expect you to be who you are. And you aren't um, greater or less because you do this or that. You just are who you are. I mean, I listen to your show um, not because I expect the topic to be something that vibes with me immediately every night. You know what I'm saying? I listen to it because I've committed to listen to you. Oh, and man. I don't expect anything more or less from you except you. Wow. And and so I'm never disappointed because of that. You see what I'm saying? Wow. Um yeah, so it, I mean as far as love is concerned, man, I just expect you to be who you are and that's the best form of love I think you could possibly give. Um that just accepting somebody all that they are. You know, we all varying degrees of each other.
2: Exactly. Um, yes.
9: And so, if 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 we vary in degrees of each other, I see you and me. I don't expect you to give me anything because Come you on. are me.
2: Come on, man. <laughs> you know what I'm
9: saying? <laughs> so it's just like I'm, you giving me everything you can give me by you
2: being who you are, and that's it. Man. Man, come on, the vibration is so real right now. I, I, hey, I, hey, listen, when you get my LA homie Andy in there nodding his head, Andy be like, Yeah, you understand? I'm gonna put that on <laughs> minds, what he just said. <laughs> on God, that's that's for real on he minds does, right. right now. I got time today. <laughs> <laughs> man, we gotta
9: give each other a chance just to be ourselves, man. In and in, in in differing um seasons and differing activities, whatever it is. Just be who you are and don't try to be anybody else. And you'll end up being the best version of yourself if you just give yourself the opportunity to be you.
2: Man, straight fire. Reggie from Austin, Texas. If you want to bring your city in the building and join this amazing conversation, all you got to do is call me. 1-800-920-1580. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. I, well, I still got Jacksonville. She's up next. I got Bowman, Grand Prairie, Texas. I got Ronan, Indianapolis. Boy, we all over the country. The conversation is getting deeper and deeper. I love y'all. We got a lot to talk about. Trust
4: Reason. 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 The reasons that we're here, the reasons that we fear, our feelings won't disappear. Disappear. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk
1: 1580.
2: DJ. <laughs> <laughs> Boy hip-hop was so fun! Welcome back to the Voice of Reason. But real quick, that is the predecessor of LL Cool J. There's no LL Cool J without Tila Rock. Tila Rock created the first Def Jam record ever to be released. The first release from Def Jam, Rick Rubin and Russell Simmons, was Tila Rock. It's yours he gets with Mantronics. It was pure, unadulterated, uncut hip-hop. It was B-boying and MCing and pop-locking, and breaking, and, bre- man, what, okay, Andy, Andy had to get in on this one, <laughs> come on, Andy! Hey,
10: man, happy birthday to hip-hop turning 50 in August, um, you know, you're an OG, obviously, I'm a little bit young, so, you know, this playlist right now, your co-host tonight, uh, it's, it's, it's education for me, yes, um, but you said something, like, really, really profound that got me thinking about, you know, today's hip-hop, you know, you talked about how back in the day, hip-hop was fun, yes, and I'm curious to know, what do you think has changed in hip-hop where the fun is not present
2: anymore? Hip hop is deadly now. Hip hop is deadly because the culture is deadly. Right? Uh, you gotta remember what what was said in hip hop is different than what is said now. Back in the day, Kumo D disses LL by calling him a businessman. Now that's not a diss. That's like who are you talk? I'm a business, man. But it was a diss during that time and it was taken as a diss because they were about the art. Take off your shirt, flex and flirt and leave the real hard rhymes to the hard rhyme expert. Modi was on one. He was it was different. He was like you want some sex symbol? You trying to get the women for the business of it. And, and hip-hop was mad at LL for that. The purists were like, nah, that's not what it's for. So fast forward to today, that's not a diss anymore. You see what I'm saying? So hip-hop has become dangerous. And now you have people, sex, drugs, and murder, and they're hand-picking artists to fill that narrative. Now, where are these kids coming from? They're coming from broken homes. The broken homes have conditional love. Do you see? It's all interconnected. That's that, that goes back to my last book, The Holographic Relationship. The whole story is written all over you. You're broken. So you leave the broken house before you found the pen of self-authorship and you go out into the world. And you got you, you got the you you seek the feathers of society so you can peacock. Ooh, Easy. Come on, man. Come on. Let's get these callers in here, man. Mimi from Jacksonville. Talk to us.
7: Hey Zo. Hey everyone. Hi, Mimi. Hi Zo.
2: How you doing today? What do you think about tonight's topic?
7: I think today, tonight, is a very um, uplifting and enlightening show. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Do you have any questions?
7: (laughs) Well, I have a comment. I would like to piggyback on what Reggie said. And he has a very great voice, by the way. Just wanted to add that. Um,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Go ahead, Mimi.
7: I, um, I would say that my love is, realistic i come in as i am and he comes in as he is and we grow together and we elevate each other and we're realistic love is not perfect it's messy that's how i look at it
2: and 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 you know that's fair i i will i i if that's fair I would, oh. you know, no. The reason why I say that's fair is because that's your reality and that's your experience and that's your understanding, and nobody can take that from you. And, and is it I,
7: supposed to be something else though? No,
2: no, no, no. For Tell you,
7: me, because I really want to learn and grow. Tell well, me.
2: Well, no, it was dope the way you said it. You said, you know, my love is realistic. Now I see realistic as a synonym <laughs> for conditional. So oh when you my say my gosh. love you understand that's just how I see it that doesn't mean it's that way for you but for Mm -hmm. me that's Mm -hmm. how I interpret what you're saying when you say my love is realistic it's just like let me find another word that means the same thing in a way right Mm
6: -hmm. it's
2: it's realistic let me just say this love is the four-leaf clover right in the infinite Mm -hmm. field of one and a half three-leaf clovers I don't know so it's it's a needle in a haystack. So because it's so difficult to attain, uh, many people have written it off as if it's not real. And mm-hmm. again, it's a high level of consciousness that requires self-love. There will be no love in relationship unless there's unconditional love for self, who I am, as I am, regardless of what I've been through and, and what's going on. It You have to enter that space right there before you reflect it back to someone else and before they can reflect it back to you and it becomes this organic exchange many of us are in a transactional relationship that's predicated on concretized conditions if i don't get this if you don't do that if you don't change if you don't level up if you don't step up my gas tank of care, empathy, understanding, loving, all of that is finite. We getting close to E, brother. (laughs) Mm. Does that make sense? I just
7: have one. Yes, it makes a lot of sense. I just have one itty-bitty little question. Go ahead. What was the guy's name on your show today? I just want to follow him because I thought what he was talking about was really deep, too.
1: Child,
2: listen, don't nobody uh, listening to this show know who was on the other show I, all you got to do is go back to that show. He told you his name. Just go back and look at the video, child.
7: He's your friend. You can just tell me now.
2: Just call in and hijack the show after we ah. over here cooking with olive oil and, and avocado oil. You want to come in and ask about some dude that was on another show that this audience know nothing about. You talking about Jeff Brown? No, the other guy. I don't know the other but, guy. With the locks. I don't know who that is. Stop! This ain't this ain't. Uh, I ain't Chuck Woolery. This ain't the <laughs> this ain't the love connection.
7: Okay, thank you for not telling me. Thank you. I will just his look name at the is show again. his name
2: is Michael. His name is Michael. Thank you. You could have watched thank the show. Though. His name is Michael. Well, all right, Mimi, Jacksonville, Florida is in the building because of you. Mimi always playing, <laughs> always flirting with guess who? That put. Put what's the name on the camera so I can see him. I Lord Mimi, child. Jacksonville, Florida is in the building because of you. You got to see at the table. You can come back any time. But, but if I got any of my friends in here, she going to flirt. She going to be... Who but who is that turning the, turning the camera around? So... <laughs> All right, let's who's been on the longest? Okay, Bowman. Grand Prairie, Texas. Get in here, Bowman.
10: Hey, though, before I start, I deleted all my social medias, like just all of them. But anyway, um, on the topic, I truly believe the word condition and environment are parallel to one another when it comes to unconditional love, because both can interchangeably determine specific outcomes. Um, If you take a loving child. Yeah,
2: you just you just took the ball and ran down the street. Say what you said again. And this time. Put your premises in there to prove what you're saying.
10: If you take a loving child, right, and they become an adult who wants to see the good in everybody, depending on the environment they are inoculated into, specifically a negative one, they can begin to take on the characteristics
2: of those who are negative So you saying the kids um, model their home environment?
10: The children, the children's environment doesn't determine it. But the, the, the parents do teach this, this unconditional love, the representative of it. But the child becomes an adult and they begin to learn human behavior. And because of that, the human behavior projected amongst their peers
2: no, no, onto no. them. See, that's hold on. what can. See, what's happening is you're confusing yourself. And I love you and you my brother. Now, a conditional household can't teach unconditional love unless the parents have cultivated unconditional love for themselves and thus created an environment that fosters the development of self-love and then unconditional love begins to flower. You can't say, because some people say, oh, the, the parents love their kids unconditionally not necessarily true bring home something less than a c and see how your parents deal with that do you understand what i'm saying
10: i mean my mother what my mother did was and i don't think she knew it but it was positive
2: reinforcement this is what i need you to do i need you to stay stay right there bowman don't you hang that phone up bowman Grand Prairie, Texas, we're going to revisit Bowman. Bowman always coming in here with something when we come forward. we got a lot to talk about. Those
9: who continue to imitate and won't give up. It should be understood that if I could give you a whole lifetime, you'll never write this good. Now everybody, everybody, everybody in the place. Come on and just throw your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care.
4: Of reason with Zoe Williams exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580.
2: Oh my goodness. 1986. When I tell you this record, this was this was just Ice's biggest biggest record. Produced by, of course, Mantronics. And if you're listening to the bells in the background. The, the cowbells, oftentimes you'll hear Mantronics recreate Mardi Gras, and that's the drum program here. The drum programming here is Mardi Gras from Bob James. Mardi Gras, he took the cowbells and syncopated it to Mardi Gras. That man, the change of beat at the beginning, it's just It was amazing back in the day. But if you're not a hip-hop aficionado, you won't be able to appreciate just how meaning and and substantive these records were. And if you notice, this is a time in hip-hop where I could tell Andy, hey, play this record. There's no curse words. just feels great, man, to just be in that space. Bowman, let's continue our war. Yes, sir. You were talking about positive... (laughs) Reinforcements.
10: Yes. My mother, she didn't know it, but she taught me um, how to act accordingly growing up because she, at some point in time, my sister, she was selling candy. And my mother, when, every day I come out to school, she would say, Were you good today? She would give me a chocolate candy bar. It was turtles. It was like in the 80s. And I associated goodness with reward. You know, but even though I wasn't rewarded later on throughout the years, my mind would say, "Okay, this is wrong. I'm not supposed to do this." So I would act the way I was supposed to, upright. You know, walk in the right way. But anyway, long story short, a person can, in, a person's internal condition can change because of their environment. I don't know if you notice this, but have you ever heard people say, um, like for instance, if you smile and say, hey, "Good morning, how you doing?" and you said it to somebody they're like it's too early for all that that can after hearing that for so long it can affect somebody else to where they feel isolated and alone in the world to where it's like where is this coming from why am i the only one who is like this
2: but because people let, 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 me, are... let me let me chime in for a quick second i i think that depends on the person Again, if you have a secure attachment style that you inherited from your primary caregiver, that's not going to be an issue. They can be however they are. But if you have an anxious or an avoidant attachment style, then that may creep into your soul and affect you, absolutely. But it depends on the person and how they were raised. Uh, Thankfully, your mother used positive reinforcement and not pseudo-positive reinforcement because some people think by yelling and screaming and telling you you didn't do your best, they might think that that's positive reinforcement when, in fact, it's not. So you should thank your lucky stars. I hope you uh, participate in Mother's Day. Do you participate in Mother's Day, sir?
10: I don't, but I just reward my mother. After After your mother gave you all those,
2: wait, after your mother gave you all those turtles, (laughs)
10: <laughs> That's disrespectful dog. I, I always do stu- I always do stuff For my mother I really do And I appreciate my mother But I want to say this last little thing Um uh, Real quick uh,
2: Hurry up man Because I got I just callers say now that. Come on
10: I know Um I just want to say Man that um, Dang I forgot
2: So Dang God. it See, see, that's what happens, Bowman. I love you. Call back tomorrow. You brought Grand Prairie, Texas, in the building. If you want to bring your city in the building, you know the deal. You know what you got to do. Who's been on the longest, Ronan, Indianapolis? Get in here right now. Let's go, Ronan. Let's get Ronan what's in good, here, man? brother. Ronan, talk hey, it was to good. me, man.
11: Hey, what's good, though?
2: I'm alive and well, brother.
11: Ah, uh, well, uh, number one, I owe you an apology, and plus, uh, I am. Turning in my badge as a relationship loan shark, I'm done.
2: Wait, what happened? What? <laughs> two, two things. You owe me an apology, and you turning in your badge as a relationship loan shark. What? What is a relationship loan? What? What has happened?
11: <laughs> okay, so today I had an interesting conversation, and I realized over the years of how I conducted. Uh, relationships which led to the conversation today and um, do I love conditionally yes I, I will put exceedingly high interests on interests on certain things <laughs> and the thing was like it is in the fear of losing something or losing myself in it so you had uh, I guess I was guilty of having third-party relationships or living loving in third person oh wow
2: so, you got a little relationship pawn shop going on
11: here, well <laughs> <you? laughs> Well, Well, the cost, the cost of that uh, end up being, like, in the fear of I, I put the better part of myself away. And it's to the point where I had to re relearn uh, that part, which really had, stuck, had me stuck on, the, uh, I guess, in the cycle. For a hot minute. And it's like... In a conversation today, it was like, that's something I was avoiding the whole time, which leads to the apology. Um, the reason why I didn't finish the relationship dismount, because it was too much truth to hit home, which is said, you know, truth is conditional, except our acceptance of it. And it's like, in understanding what I was running from, now I can be able to sit there and not just look into the truth of what it is, but bring the best of myself out of it and so on oh
2: come on man you my brother yep. even though you've had the book for eight years you're my brother i love you man it's all good <laughs> we appreciate you man uh, you know sean just read it before you that's all he just met me a year ago it's cool but i love you man it's
11: love bro <laughs> no, I, I just had to admit it's like I, I at the time i was like i wasn't ready to step out of that shell because like yeah that fear of the unknown especially when you had certain traumatic experiences that put you in a i guess a sense of relationship
2: PTSD. No, I got you, brother. But listen, man, you always love, you always appreciate it, and you brought Indianapolis in the building. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at one eight hundred nine twenty fifteen eighty. When we come forward, I'm going to Denver, Colorado, and I'm going to the Valley. Oh, we got time. Cool. I'm going to Denver, Colorado, right now. Cali Soul.
1: Cali Soul. Peace,
2: though.
6: <laughs> What's up, Cali? Hey, so I-
1: I got a question because I've found myself in quite a sticky situation. I want to know if The Relationship Dismount, I do not have that book, but I wonder if The Relationship Dismount would be a good book for me to read in regards to dismounting from my relationship with my ego. Oh,
2: absolutely.
1: Okay. Yeah, but you were saying because,
2: because... So yes. what I've realized
1: what I've realized recently, um, is yes, my love has been conditional and um it comes from the way I was raised. Like I was I was raised by my uncles and my mother and my I don't know much about attachment styles. I haven't read into that. Check <laughs> out check but out John
2: Bowlby. John Bowlby. Start there. And he'll okay. and it'll okay. break down all of the attachment styles, and you'll be able to identify bits and pieces of yourself for sure.
1: Go ahead. Okay, somebody please drop that in the chat because I'm not going to remember that right now. Um, <laughs> so, so what I realized is being being raised by narcissist men, I find myself very attracted to narcissists, and I also. Where I have some traits of narcissism in myself, and with my in regards to um, having this conditional love situation, I guess I didn't realize that my love was conditional because in my mind, if I don't confront you verbally or act out or turn up on you, then i'm I'm not being confrontational, so therefore. My love isn't conditional. I'm not trying to control you. But what I realized recently is like my way of control is just completely detaching. And I want to move through that because I see where that's not been healthy for me.
2: Well, if you want to find out where your where your conditions are, you have to look at your needs or what you classify as needs that must be met. Mm -hmm. And when they're not met, how, how do you show up?
1: I disconnect.
2: There you go. Avoidant. Just break out. All right, then. And and, and listen,
4: mm-hmm.
2: I'm like that, too. I withdraw, for real. I go inside. I I start shutting down, you know. <laughs> I'm like Pasadena on New yeah. Year's Eve. I shut down. I'm good. I, there's, a, there's a parade tomorrow I'm shutting down all the stores is closed that's what I'm doing but I understand I understand and that's that's a coping mechanism for people who coping have,
1: mechanism.
2: yeah for people who have felt abandoned okay yeah that's what happens you know I was a foster <sighs> child so when, listen when when you feel abandoned you know what happens you got like a toxic self resilience. It's like nobody's gonna do it for me. I gotta, mm. do, I gotta do it myself. Then you start, exactly. then you start feeling awkward when people who are really trying to help you try to help you, and you be like, no, 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 I got it. Don't do nothing. I, I got it. It's like toxic self-resilience, yeah. but it comes from mm-hmm. a, a, you know, abandonment and, you know, it, you know, insecure attachment style. Like, oh goodness, you know. So, it happens, but you can rewrite it. You know, it's not something that ca- that can't be dealt with. And the fact that you called in and shared that, you already know. I love you, girl. Thank you for calling in and sharing. We appreciate you. You know that. Thank you. <laughs> Cali, Soul, Denver, Colorado is in the building because of you. Again, you want to bring your city in the building, you know what to do. one 800 When I come forward, I'm going to Atlanta, Georgia, and the Valley. My homeboy Fred
4: just timed in. Is it, good to you? is it good to you? More Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams when we come forward. Come forward.
2: It's crazy tonight. This is, this is back in the days when you saw the little girls double dutching.
6: This, this is hip-hop.
2: This is a beautiful time, man. Just a beautiful time. Let me get my final callers in here. Tiffany. I mean, excuse me, not Tiffany. Fred been on the longest. We gonna come to Tiffany last. Fred from the Valley. Get in here, brother.
6: All right, so uh, I'm a selfish person, right? Right. So I got to have some conditions on my love, okay? I knew
2: you was and going to it. I knew
6: it. <laughs> Go ahead, Fred. Talk to us. First of all, my, my love is, is exclusive, okay? So it ain't for everybody else to share. It's just for that person to share. Well, the way I say it is because I used to cook for this one woman one time, right? And I mean, I'm, eating, I mean, I'm making that southern food, candy gams you know, jambalaya, all that. So she'd take it to work one day and pop it in, in, in the microwave. And then all her friends started sniffing around, right? So then they told her, why don't you get your man to make us all some food, right? So my girl had nerve enough to come to me with that and I damn near cut off. I told her, look.
2: Hey, Andy I said. Cook for, hey, I cook a- with love. Fred, Andy said that happened to him too.
6: Exactly. And it pissed you off because it'd be like, Look, I cook the way I cook for love. For the love of you, I cook with love. If I look if I cook for other people, I might throw a couple of boogers or something in the in things just uh, space, okay, really want to. <laughs> I might not want to do it. You know what I'm mean? saying, Fred? Because it's a chore. Because now you've made it a chore when it used to be about adoring. You see what I'm saying? I
2: got. Hey, I can understand you, Fred. And 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 let me just say because we got a, one more caller on the line and we and we're up against the clock. I appreciate that uh, insight and and your honesty. My goodness, Fred! Long time no hear from man. We appreciate you calling in if you want to bring your city to the building. You, thank you, thank you. All you got to do, Fred, is our own personal cocaine bear. <laughs> we love, it. I'm not saying Fred does cocaine. I'm just saying the way cocaine bear act in the woods, that's how Fred act on the radio. And we love it, man. Cocaine bear, Fred. <laughs> he talk about putting boogers in people's food. I, I don't know what to do with Fred. Tiffany from Atlanta, get in here. All right, so I got this
12: situation like this not even a problem more so but it's like the relationship that I've been in I've been the one that have brought on a sense of toxicity to the relationship due to my conditioning and me being raised the way that I was so my partner was always kind of like picking up the slack for me and then from relationship to relationship to relationship I kind of just ultimately got to where I am today um, being able to like more properly look after myself love myself and things in the nature but I find it getting to the point where even in my growth somebody feels as if I'm not worthy enough to be dealt with and that's hurtful as heck to me because it's like dang I'm putting in the work but still it's like I ain't enough and I find that to be like dang like this it's like you want to quote-unquote, fight for a relationship, but there's no more fight in that person because they've, they've grown tired. And it's just like, you can't blame them, but at the same time, it's just like, man, if only you just had just a little bit more patience left for me. It's like it, you miss uh, so many opportunities with great people because of that.
2: Well, let me say this. They should be tired of looking and checking your self work." Because you're the student and the professor of your self-work. They're not even capable of having a direct experience of your self-work. Only you have that. You are the professor and the expert of your experience. So they should be tired of looking. They shouldn't be tired of, you know, when you're going to grow or how fast you're growing or it's taking so First off, mind your business. Because this is my business. Me, the business of me is my business. Now, Mm. there might be some universal truths that we both can apply to each other. But how that universal truth expresses itself in me will always be different than how it expresses itself in you. And there's always a different timing. Where. It finds congruence with me and with you. So mind your business. See, let me tell you something. Can't nobody be my Gandalf. Either I'm Gandalf or I'm a Hobbit, and and I gotta grow into being Gandalf. You a Gandalf can't come along and be like, yo, you're supposed to be Gandalf like me. Mind your business. I'm a work at my pace and I'm a develop and grow at my pace. Couples grow at different rates. And, And let me tell you something. The universe is so meticulous. Do you know the universe will have you not get a lesson and get it three, four years later just when you need it? You might not need that lesson right now. They might need that lesson right now. That's why they got it. Then they come over to you and say, see, I got it. How come you ain't got it? Because I don't need it right now. Mind your business. If I needed it, the universe would provide it. Lord have mercy. I'm sorry, Tiffany. We got to go. I love you, child. Just mind You your... talk too much, though. I
0: couldn't even get in a word after that. I listened
2: oh, to you. God. I listened to you. I answered your question now, Tiffany. We love you. We got to go, child. Goodbye, bye, though. Thanks for talking. <laughs> we love you. We see you tomorrow. Hey, what 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 else is on that playlist, real quick? I just want to see. Let's see what we got. In full effect. In full effect. In full effect. Ugh, man, Tronix. What else? Oh, put that record back oh, on. Oh, hip hop. What else we got? <laughs> Taylor Rock. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Voice of Reason, my homeboy, back in the building, after a little hiatus. Danny Morrison, he about to keep the fire lit I appreciate my brother Danny Morrison, I appreciate Andy When I come forward, you gonna hear Danny Morrison I'm so excited, I'm gonna turn it on when I get in the car, man I wanna hear what Danny sounds like We appreciate y'all, man, for tuning in I'll see y'all tomorrow Deuces!
9: On a scale of intelligence, i score a 10 It will be a revelation from beginning to end my brain i will rap. no matter what the job or am i'll always do it well my skill not perpetual i'll only excel to a yeah. i remain superior to all i'll handle any type of no matter big or smaller. for my rapping capability i'm never underrated when it comes to smoking
4: lyrics I'm all- kbla 1580 santa monica